Welcome to the PR Moment Weber Shandwick Chai Talk at 5pm podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Hi Aditya, welcome to the Chai Talk podcast. We're very happy to have Aditya Ghosh, the CEO of India and South Asia for OYO Hotels and Homes. I hope I've said that correctly. Yeah. Uh, we have chocolate cake and we're ready to go with the conversation on tea. So uh, Aditya, my first question to, is, to you is that what are the main business trends that you see for 2020 which communicators should know about? Well, I think, you know, what's what is going to happen in the industry is irrespective of which business you're in, I feel... Um, businesses will increasingly want to stay relevant in the lives of the of the consumer, you know. And um, which is kind. I mean, I've I've been for many years saying that it is important for business to understand what the consumer really needs, and then you try to answer for those needs as opposed to all the things that make noise and you know and and all the things consumers may talk about. But that's very different from what they are really going to pay for uh, when they've got their credit card in their hand. Two, something that I've been talking about more recently is that from needs, you have to be, you have to be, you know, we have to go to relevance. Because what that means is that there are different consumer categories. The behavior of the consumer is changing rapidly. And then are we staying relevant in their lives? You know, um, are we staying relevant in their lives, not just from that point of actually, you know, being able to give a product that they are looking for, but then in a 360 degree way, are we, what is the other impact that we are having uh, in their lives? Because I think consumers are becoming more socially conscious. Consumers are, are, uh, are, uh, wanting different things about the from the product their expectations from what the business stands for and what that company stands for also is is very very important um so i think that relevance is very important which means that you really need to understand who the consumer is what is he expecting out of you and are you being able to deliver on that promise and especially in um, in a case like, let's say, Oyo, where we are in over 500 cities in India um, with seven or eight different brands, the way that we reach a consumer in uh, a Mumbai or a Delhi is very different from the way we will reach a consumer in um, some other part of the country, right? whether it's a leisure city, whether it's a metro city, small town or, or big town. But that's something, you know, people could say, look, uh, I mean, you know, that's that's the same for, you know, when we were selling shampoos. But in the case of Oyo, we are not a marketplace. We're not a distribution company. Uh, we are not a distribution pipe. We actually own the consumer experience. So it's not like I'm delivering you something, whether it is food or a product, but it is actually... I'm bringing you into your home away from home and I'm managing the whole experience around it for at least 24 hours. So it's very different from, you know, so therefore that requires a very different level of understanding. And what's important for communicators to know is that uh, 
do they understand what the consumer is looking for do they understand what the business is offering and can they come up with the most efficient way of getting that message across and what what that medium is what that cost is and what that method is going to be and the frequency is going to be is going to be different from market to market consumer segment to consumer segment and communicators really need to come back and advise the the client saying we think that for the same product these are the five different ways that you need to kind of you know communicate so um from from what i understand you are saying is that don't worry so much so much about how you'll communicate but first do understand as deeply as you can what the customer actually wants yes and- i think i think what i'm probably saying is how you communicate is extremely important but before that uh, the prerequisite of it is do you really understand what you're communicating the same advice is what i give to business teams as well that please don't open your mouth you know metaphorically you know or go don't go put out a brand campaign or an advertising campaign or a pr campaign unless you know that this is the xyz message that i'm really trying to communicate because you know gone are the days of when i was growing up and they you know and one of the highlights of sunday morning was before ramayan and mahabharat started was the 15 minutes of ads and ads were really exciting you know i, I don't know about you but as a kid I didn't want to miss the advertisements that would come up when I used to go for a movie show. You know, I would. I, it was almost like a, it was like a fun thing see to the see trailer. the Campacola ad and keep see the literal literal ad, and it was just such a great thing. To the contrast, where now the ad comes, people are flipping channels to where people are saying, "Here is a program with no ads," right? Which basically means that there is such an overload of campaigns and information. unless you have something to say you're irrelevant and then but see how many marketing departments or communication departments will want to create work for themselves because they want to say you know you really need to be out there out there with what like you know you don't have nothing to say you have nothing new to say you know so um but every time you speak whether you speak once a day or you speak once a year if you have something relevant to speak which is relevant in the eyes of the consumer he will listen or she will listen a uh, pr moment has just uh, recently done a massive survey on salaries and competencies in the pr sector and one thing that's emerged from this is that especially brand side communicators feel that they do not get enough face time with the decision makers to be to be able to understand all that you're saying they should understand uh from your experience at uh, indigo and oyo of course uh what uh, how do you think this should be structured how can uh, how should communicators uh, get time with you uh, should they be getting uh, time frequently or how do you, how would you structure their access to decision makers so they actually understand what's going on well i think you know there the the onus really lies on the business leaders um I'll blame business leaders and and CEOs um who actually pick up the phone and talk to their um uh, PR agencies, communication consultants um and colleagues only when there is a crisis 
or there's a bomb going off somewhere. As opposed to bringing them into the fold of the day-to-day running of the business where they have a deep understanding of what is actually happening in the business. Um, you know, of more often than not, completely unreasonably, I think business leaders expect that they're going to call up a PR agency at the nth hour to so-called stop a story or for that matter, push a story, right? Stopping a story or pushing a story is difficult. It's not impossible. But getting the ear of the consumer is absolutely impossible unless you have the right thing to say. You know, And I think that is a very, you know, I think more than communicators, I would put the blame or the onus on business leaders. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think over, I mean, for the longest time, uh, I may not have been great at at having monthly reviews, right? But I think I've been pretty good at being able to give the context of what we are saying, what we are trying to do to the internal communications team, to the brand and advertising team, to the advertising agency, to the external communications team, so that they really understand what is the subtext of that of that message that we are trying to say. I think that has always helped. You said something very interesting that you can stop or start a story, but you better get your story right for the customer. That yes. is something which is yes. non-negotiable and maybe you'll get only that one chance. Yes. So how does that reflect? It reflects on the evolving role of the, the typical so-called PR person who's no, no longer about media engagement and managing the story, but also about uh, communicating to the customer directly. So in this new integrated mix of marketing communications, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but the entire uh, entire range of reaching out to the customer, uh, how would you place communications? So, you know, funnily enough, I think we've just come back a full circle in some ways. Um, Nickel would know probably this better, but I'd say about, it was only about 20 odd years ago when this term of mark com and, 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 and internal com and, and external com and P- PR, all these things became different because I'm, maybe I'm being harsh because people wanted jobs and they wanted designations and, and someone somewhere had to get promoted and then we had to be set up a new team. And then you started kind of, you know, dissecting this, this role into different things. As opposed to where it is, I think, come back a full circle or it should, where you may have a primary responsibility of marketing communication or PR or internal communication. But at the end of it, you have to act together as one team, which is just communicating to different audiences and in different vernacular, depending on what is required. So whether it was at Indigo and even more so at Oyo, I think, um, what works really well for us is how well integrated the communications team, uh, internal communications team, the sort of PR aspect of things, um, the brand team and the business team um, are all like very, very closely knit and they're always talking to each other. Um, including now we have extended it out to how we 
uh, act as part of our CSR activities as well, because that is another way in which we are communicating. In a highly tech-driven business like Oyo, um, we are communicating all the time through our app. Uh, so how we, you know, is there a is there a thread that you know a common thread that runs across all all of these, you know? Um, so I think that's that's how I look at it. That if you if you kind of think about not so much about what your business card says, but think about what is the purpose of opening your mouth, then like you know various people will will come together as a team. So uh, we interviewed Netflix, uh, the PR person there, and she she said that uh, in a crisis, regardless of what your business card says, you need legal, you need finance, and you need communication. Yes. Nobody else. Would you agree or disagree? I think brand is important too. Uh, uh, and I'm going to dangerously comment on on uh, on a success story which I do not know enough about because I was not internal. But I have a great respect for how Nestle uh, kind of turned around its uh, image and its so-called PR crisis uh, after the you know Maggie you know uh, incident, where of course they must have used legal, they must have used finance, and they must have used the communications team. But I think they did a great brand campaign. Um, I think uh, they they did a great job with the CSR activity. Uh, they, the CEO Suresh did a great job of putting him out self, uh, himself out there and talking about it. Um, policy advocacy, all of this thing comes together, I think. I would err on the side of including people rather than excluding uh, various teams and, and you know keeping it a, a small club. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot happening in our country in terms of uh, macroeconomic trends. Uh, there are a lot of questions that is the economy growing? Is there a problem? Is it not a problem? There's a lot of conflicting messaging which is happening around around yes. that. Uh, in that uh, in that kind of messaging, how do you communicate within the company? Uh, uh, what do you think sh- should Im- internally employees and communicators also remember? when there's almost an environment of crisis uh, being generated outside. Let me extend that to say that I think there could be various situations. There could be a situation where maybe there is a certain perception about the macroeconomic trends, good or bad. Uh, There could be a certain perception that gets created out of a crisis that is happening somewhere, right? Which is which is image it and, and which relates to your own company. Uh, if the if it is something great, right? I mean, everybody thinks that, you know, with rosy, rose-tinted glasses, that the world is fantastic um, and, and, you know, this gravy train is going on. Uh, the problem could be that it could lead to complacency and arrogance. If, on the other hand, it is a gloom and doom kind of a picture, uh, people can feel nervous about their future. They get demotivated. Employee morale could be down. Uh, but in both these situations, what I have found, what has worked for me, is reminding people and over-communicating back to what is the fundamentals of the business. Right. So let's take, you know, um, Oyo, for instance, or even in my previous role in Indigo. Whenever there was this sort of 
I lived through the 2010, 11, 12 crisis uh, when the world had seen the largest recession, the most deepest recession since the 1930s. And, and even now, uh, certainly I don't think it's a recession, but yes, you're right. I mean, there's just generally, there seems to be a nervousness. I keep reminding our colleagues, my colleagues, that what is the fundamental business we are in? We are out there making and delivering a product at a much more affordable price than ever before. And we are trying to say that you can put out a high-quality product at a much lower cost. So even if the world is coming to an end, actually consumers will choose the more affordable product and in a strange way, a good economic crisis is a great thing for low-cost, affordable products like us, which are high quality, which are delivering with consistency, but are available at a much more affordable price. Because you're still not going to need to travel. You're still not going to need to go and stay under a roof over your head. But instead of spending 10,000 rupees, you'd rather pay 1,000 or 2,000. You know, so... Uh, uh, if the, those fundamentals of the business are right, then these kind of temporary storms and headwinds, you know, people know that they can deal with. Uh, to come to uh, a statement which supposedly Dhirubhai Ambani was once made, that for any company in India, the biggest uh, operating environment is always the government of India. Um, do you think that remains the same or uh, with the fact that we are increasingly becoming a very open society, the equation between policy and companies is uh, is changing in the way you talk to each other? Is there a lot more openness and ability to have a conversation? Um, well, you know, in my previous role, I come from a highly regulated business, which is the airline business, uh, where there was a lot of very regular, deep deep interaction with the government. In my current role, we have a lot of deep interaction on a regular basis with the local governments and the local municipal authorities and things like that. So if there is a difference in the last 20, 25 years in the sense the number of licenses and permissions required are less. But having said that, whether it is India or whether it is even the so-called highly openly capitalist markets like the United States, government plays a very deep role. Even in, even in those kind of so-called open market econo economies, government plays a deep role in ensuring that there is labor standards, ensuring that there is minimum wages, ensuring that, you know, privacy is... Uh, is, is taken care of, ensuring that, you know, financial discipline is there. And um, I, and I said this in that world, in the World Economic Forum about uh, a, a six, I think six or weeks back, that I'm actually not the one who will say there is no need for regulation. I am, I am always the one who says over-regulation is bad, but you do need regulation. And regulation always creates a level playing field. It forces every player, big or small, to live by the rules. Let me give you a practical example. As the one of the largest branded hotel chains in the world, 
we owe a certain sense of responsibility and duty to conduct our business in a certain way and you have to live by the rules if regulations were not there or the regulations were not enforced adequately the neighboring guest house owner he could undercut me because he's not paying taxes or he's not paying minimum wages or he doesn't have enough of the security uh, protocols in place he doesn't have a cctv camera he doesn't have a fire exit and so on and so forth right and therefore because he saves all those costs he's not paying his property tax he saves all those costs he may be able to undercut my tariff where do i go because i am not going to stop paying taxes i have to still live by by the rules so therefore regulations allow that everybody you know plays by the same rules likewise regulations are also there to protect the small guy so that just because someone is large they cannot use an abusive power um so to that extent have the number of papers that you have to file and get tick marks on have reduced yes but i think all business leaders and all businesses should be very comfortable with the fact that they're going to continue to have to deal with the government they will have to continue to have to deal with policy and that's actually not a bad thing that's that it it makes the world a better place you know uh, uh it 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 even gives the responsibility to market leaders like ourselves to chart out you know new policy and help you know guide the guide the regulators and the lawmakers uh towards which way the world of business is moving you right actually legislative experts like chakshu roy uh, with the prs legislative legislative have actually said that uh, politicians have no time uh, lawmakers have no time and actually uh, businesses can play a very positive role in and helping them understand uh, and they must absolutely they must it's no different from why do i go and have a weekly cup of coffee with some of my youngest colleagues and have an unfiltered one on one conversation because i'm not 20 years old and i am not starting off my career and uh, and therefore there are many things that i will learn from them which otherwise i'll i'll lose out on and i think that's where similarly the government cannot be expected to know everything from how to make a pen to how to you know run a hotel and it is it is the responsibility of of uh, you know business leaders and market leaders like us to go and tell the government to inform the government about all that is happening all around the world all that is happening in the country what are the consumers requiring so i'll give you a very interesting you know example i don't know if it has changed or not in the recent few months but even till a few months back i know that technically this is somebody very senior secretary level uh person in the government told me that technically two wheelers in india are not permitted for commercial purposes and commercial transportation if one had to just implement that by the by the letter of the law there'll be no food delivery there'll be no parcel delivery right can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> but but you know clearly that law was written for some reason in some context many years ago and it is the job of of you know uh, market leaders who are going to turn around and say the world has changed and this is what the consumer is going to say 
and I've got to deliver a, sh- a, a book to some student in the back of beyond and I can't drive a truck there. I have to, <laughs> I have to get onto a two-wheeler or people need ice cream in the middle of the night <laughs> because they're coming back home much later than what they used to 30 years ago. That's a great uh, yeah. example. One final question before I move to Nikhil for his uh, wrap-up of takeaways from your conversation. Uh, what You're one of the few CEOs who's very active on, no, I wouldn't say very active, but they're active in the right way on, on, on Twitter and social media. Mm-hmm. You do express yourself. Yeah. Uh, so what what is your personal communication mantra on, about being online as CEO? Because that's how you'll be perceived. You know, the way I see social media is that it is a medium. So the way I communicate in person is actually the same way that I communicate on on social media. What I mean by that is that I still have to be just as authentic. I have to still have to be just as genuine. And I still have to kind of look at myself in the mirror. So I do not hide behind the perceived anonymity or the distance that social media creates between the audience and yourself. Uh, so I should be able to say the same things in person as I might be writing. The second is very interesting learning for my, for me has been that uh, uh, that I'm pretty active on Instagram, which is a visual medium, but it helped me connect with thousands and thousands of colleagues, right, uh, instantly. And uh, I'm very comfortable them seeing me as a human being, a part of which whose life is being a CEO, a part of whose life is being a friend and a father, and a part of whose life is being, you know, uh, a traveler and or eating chart on the roadside or like you know. So I think that that really helps me. Uh, and the, but the third bit is that. Uh, I don't have to comment on everything. Uh, so, just because, I mean, I think I think a lot of people end up using social media like a megaphone, you know, as if like you know, somebody's got a megaphone and, and they just have to say something. I don't have to say something. I, I say it when I truly feel it. But there are some things that I avoid on social media because at the end of the day, I know that I am also being I'm also representing whether I, irrespective of whatever is the disclaimer I put, um, whatever I say will also be attributed, you know, tacitly at least to to the company that I represent. And therefore, you know, one has to be careful that you know what you're saying is uh, should not you know put someone in a position that they don't want to be. It may not be that they don't agree or disagree, but the company may not want to be speaking. And I think that's 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 what. Thank you, Aditya. This has been a great uh, interview and conversation. Thank you for joining us. I'm just going to quickly ask Nikhil one question before we wrap up. Uh, Nikhil, you've just had this in very interesting 20 minutes. Uh, what are your main takeaways which you feel communicators uh, uh, should perhaps, I wouldn't say, I would say understand is the wrong word, but to be aware of from what uh, Aditya has just said. Thanks, Parul. Um, as you've seen, I've taken copious notes, but there's just one thing that uh, I've underlined that I wanted to remind myself 
something I've learned from Aditya over the years working with him is, do you really have something to say? Yeah. Right. And that's, uh, a, and that's a that's a, that's an Adityaism, a quote <laughs> that he has dinned into our head. So I think I would call that out for communicators uh, as we evangelize uh, to all the people that we do to get out there and put themselves out there to stop, pause, reflect, and ask the questions that Aditya has asked of many communicators who work with him. Uh, do you know my business? Do you understand me and what I'm trying to do? Do you understand what my company is trying to do? And of course, my consumer. So I think um, listening has been one of the things I've really learned from you. And uh, it holds a communicator to a high standard because I know that Aditya will turn around and say, so Nikki, you tell me, what do you think? You're supposed to be the expert on this. And then you better be that expert, right? So do you really have something? I'm not usually that rude. <laughs> I'll ask it more politely. Of course. But that's the feeling that you should carry into a meeting with a senior a person saying, do I have something to offer? And I think what we could as communicators offer is play back to you, Aditya, on how what you need to say or want to say yes. will play. Right, because yes. that is the expertise that yes. a communicator should yes. bring. Yes. Uh, and sometimes you really want to say something, and my job is to yes. tell you, uh, I don't think right now is the time to say it, or could we say it differently because this is how it's going to sound. Yes. So I think that probably is the message for the communicators. Thank you so much, uh, Nikhil and Aditya. This has been a great conversation. And in keeping with the theme, we've had a lot to say, and it's been good stuff. And uh, thank you, our listeners, for listening in. Send us chocolate cake and chai if you like this conversation. You can also criticize us. That's also acceptable. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Barthi. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment Weber Shanwick Chai Talk at 5 p.m. podcast, brought to you in association with the Marketeers Network. If you've liked the show, please subscribe and give us a decent rating.